Hello, I'm Cheryl, and this is Sleep Tight Relax, a calming bedtime podcast for the young and young at heart. Our sleep story is the final part of the polka dot lady. In this part, Mrs. Ladybug is still wearing her fire bell. And one day, the others hear it ringing and think they'll finally get to see where she lives. When they arrive, they see a big blaze. And after some time, the house is totally gone. But it was not Mrs. Ladybug's house. Mrs. Ladybug says she is going away for the winter and everyone is curious as to where she will go. No one can guess. And if Daddy Longlegs hadn't seen her in the big farmhouse, no one would have known. Now, are you cozy? Are you in your comfortable place? Your place to relax? or your favorite position in bed. You can take a moment to position your pillows, a teddy, or your other little comforts to make sure that everything feels as it should. Are you ready now to take a few deep belly breaths? Let's start relaxing by taking three deep belly breaths. Breathe in. Feel the air come in through your nose, filling your belly full of air. Now breathe out, just like you are letting out a slow sigh. Softly breathe in and out. Let's do that again. Breathe in, filling your belly with air. And breathe out, slowly releasing the air. As you breathe, Notice anything that might be a bit uncomfortable. Notice how your wiggly toes feel, how your legs feel, how your belly gets bigger as you breathe in and gets smaller as you breathe out. Notice your arms and your head. Breathe in deeply filling your body with air and relaxation. Breathe out slowly, expelling any tension. Perfect. You are already feeling more calm and relaxed. Let's continue with the final part of the polka dot lady. Well, 
people didn't know what to say then. Later, however, they gathered in groups and talked a great deal about Mrs. Ladybug and her dinner bell. Miss Moth said she feared Mrs. Ladybug would disturb her rest if she rang the bell in the daytime when Miss Moth was used to sleeping. Buster Bumblebee hoped Mrs. Ladybug wouldn't ring it at night because he had a short enough night's sleep as it was, with the family trumpeter waking everyone in the house about dawn. And Freddy Firefly exclaimed that it would be very annoying to him if Mrs. Ladybug gave the alarm of fire whenever she saw his flickering gleams on pleasant evenings in the meadow. If others were troubled, Mrs. Ladybug herself was much pleased by her dinner bell. She liked to hear it tinkle as she worked. She said it was a cheerful sound, and so long as she wore it, she never needed to worry about being lost. It was as good as a cowbell for letting the world know one's whereabouts. There was only one thing that annoyed her. Since she hung the bell from her waist, nobody had mentioned fire to her. It seemed as if none of her neighbors wanted her to sound a fire alarm. And if there was anything that would have given her joy, it would have been to seize the handle of her bell and ring it madly. There were even some people that complained of the tinkle it made among the apple trees. Peppery Polly Bumblebee laughed at them. You've brought this trouble upon yourselves, she told them. How can you expect Mrs. Ladybug to keep the tongue of the bell still? She can't even keep her own tongue from wagging. No doubt Peppery Polly knew what she was talking about. She had a very sharp tongue herself. The whole countryside was dry. It hadn't rained for weeks. The grass was turning brown, the water in the river was low, and Broad Brook was no more than a narrow trickle. Every morning, the sun rose steaming hot to beat down upon Pleasant Valley all day long until it sank, a round red ball behind Blue Mountain each night. At last, one afternoon, Farmer Green and the hired man started for the woods on a run. They had seen a wisp of smoke curling up from the treetops, and they knew that the woods were on fire. There was a high wind that day, and if they hadn't worked lively, there's no telling how far the fire would have spread. As it was, glowing bits came sailing down from the hill and settled in the valley. But luckily, they did no damage. At least, no other fire had started anywhere when the men came home from the woods, 
and said that all was safe again. Some of the small folk that lived in the fields knew what was going on, but Mrs. Ladybug never guessed that there had been a fire. She was so busy working among the apple trees that she hadn't noticed any unusual stir, and no one took the trouble to tell her about it. Everyone had put thoughts of fire out of his mind when along toward evening, a loud clanging rang out of the air. What's that? People asked one another. And all at once, somebody shouted, It's Mrs. Ladybug's dinner bell. Far and wide through the orchard, garden, and meadow, the neighbors took up the cry. Fire! Fire! Mrs. Ladybug's ringing the alarm. Her house is on fire. Back and forth they hurried, trying to find Mrs. Ladybug. At last, they told one another, at last we're going to find out where her house is. And they did. At least, they soon discovered Mrs. Ladybug standing beside a blazing dwelling near the pasture fence. With all her hands, and she had several, she was ringing her bell furiously. We'll help you, her friends all cried. Don't worry, Mrs. Ladybug. We'll have the fire out soon. Be calm. But there was nothing they could do. And before long, it had burned itself out. There was nothing left of the house but ashes. What a pity, said Mrs. Ladybug's neighbors. It was a fine big house. And then Mr. Meadow Mouse came running up all out of breath. Sakes alive, he screamed. My house is ruined. I wouldn't have had this happen for anything. But it doesn't matter. I can easily build another. Mrs. Ladybug's neighbors crowded about her, all asking the same question. Wasn't this your house? No, she admitted. No, it wasn't. And then she made an astonishing confession. I have never owned a house, she said. I've never had one in all my life. I can't have a house. I couldn't get one that was big enough. I have so many children that I don't know what to do, said little Mrs. Ladybug. It was almost fall. The nights and some of the days were chilly. Those that had spent the whole summer out of doors began to think about where they should spend the winter. Yet everybody was amazed by the news that Mrs. Ladybug spread. She said that she expected soon to go into winter quarters. Hmm, cried Daddy Longlegs' wife when she heard what Mrs. Ladybug was saying. She never had any quarters, so far as anyone knows. Mrs. Ladybug hasn't been able to tear herself away from the orchard 
long enough to live anywhere except in the apple trees. It was plain that Daddy Longlegs' wife didn't believe what Mrs. Ladybug was telling her neighbors. And there were many more folk that agreed with her. Little Mrs. Ladybug smiled a knowing smile when she heard what her friends thought. They'll see, they'll see, she said. I'm going to spend the winter in the biggest and finest house on this farm. That was all she would tell. She wouldn't breathe another word about her plans. And naturally, everyone became very curious. There wasn't a soul that wasn't curious to know what Mrs. Ladybug intended to do. The neighbors asked her, begged her, teased her. Some even threatened her. But she declined to answer. She said that if she told anybody where she expected to pass the cold months, everybody would want to go to the same place. And maybe there wouldn't be any room left for her. Perhaps some of her friends had intended to follow her into winter quarters. Anyhow, many of them looked guilty when she made that remark. And a few of them looked angry and declared that Mrs. Ladybug was selfish. If the house is as big as she claims it is, it ought to hold a few extra guests without being crowded, they grumbled. Guests? Mrs. Ladybug, guests should always wait for an invitation. Have you had one? Buster Bumblebee asked her. Mrs. Ladybug did not answer his question. Most people thought Buster Bumblebee was not a very bright fellow. Many people paid little heed to him. Yet, strange to say, he often hit the nail on the head, so to speak. And this time, he made Mrs. Ladybug somewhat uncomfortable. She had had no invitation to spend the winter in the fine big house. But she didn't care to have her neighbors know that. There's just one thing to do, Buster Bumblebee decided. I will ask the carpenter bee if he's building a house for her. So he went to the big poplar by the brook where the carpenter bee lived. And that mild person himself, sawdust covered as usual, answered Buster's knock at his door. Are you building a house for Mrs. Ladybug? Buster Bumblebee asked. No, said the carpenter. We couldn't agree. She wanted me to work 12 hours a day. And I wanted to work 24. I told her I must have some time to rest, but she couldn't see things as I did. Buster Bumblebee was puzzled. I don't understand, he said. The carpenter kindly made matters clear to him. I rest only when I am working, he explained. The carpenter bee who lived in the big poplar by the brook was not building a house for Mrs. Ladybug. That skillful woodworker hadn't been able to agree with her. 
So he told Buster Bumblebee. Furthermore, he knew nothing of Mrs. Ladybug's present plans as to where she was going to spend the winter. Nor did anybody else. It was all a great mystery. And Mrs. Ladybug seemed to enjoy it far more than her neighbors did. She was the only person that could have solved it for them, and she wouldn't. At the same time, she took delight in talking about her winter quarters, as she called the place where she intended to live during cold weather. It will be cozy and warm there, she often remarked to her callers, of whom she had huge numbers, for there was scarcely a person in the orchard or the garden that wasn't curious to know more about the fine big house into which Mrs. Ladybug expected to move. My winter quarters will be windproof, Mrs. Ladybug told them, and that speech sent them all to guessing again. Almost everyone said that she was going to live underground. I shall not feel a drop of rain, not even during the January thaw, Mrs. Ladybug went on. And then everybody had to begin guessing all over again or raindrops were sure to trickle into an underground house during a warm spell. You're going to live in a pumpkin, cried Buster Bumblebee. And all the neighbors, even Mrs. Ladybug, laughed when they heard that. Buster knew of an old tune called The Bumblebee and the Pumpkin, and he said that he could think of no reason why there shouldn't be a ladybug in a pumpkin. I told you my house was big, the biggest one on the farm, Mrs. Ladybug reminded him. Ah, Chirpy Cricket exclaimed, now I know you're going to live in the haystack. A haystack is cozy and warm. It's windproof, it sheds water, and there's nothing bigger anywhere. It really seemed as if Chirpy Cricket had solved the great mystery. He's guessed the riddle, people said. You might as well admit it now, Mrs. Ladybug, that you're going to spend the winter in Farmer Green's haystack. But Mrs. Ladybug dashed their hopes. You're wrong, she told her friends. And if tonight's as nippy as last night was, perhaps you'll find out tomorrow where I'm going or I don't care to freeze my toes here in the orchard. That night, it was colder than ever. And the next day, Mrs. Ladybug went all around the orchard and the garden, bidding people goodbye. Still, she wouldn't tell them where she was going. And if Daddy Longlegs hadn't happened to stroll around the cherry tree, outside Farmer Green's window that afternoon, nobody would have known where Mrs. Ladybug went. But Daddy Longlegs saw her, and he went quickly to spread the news. 
Mrs. Ladybug has gone to spend the winter in the farmhouse. Somehow, Mrs. Ladybug's friends missed her. The orchard seemed quite a different place after she vanished inside the farmhouse to stay there all winter long. In spite of her sharp tongue and her prying ways, people discovered, now that she was gone, that they had liked Mrs. Ladybug more than they knew. While she was with them in the orchard, they had often wished she wouldn't ask so many questions. But now the days seemed very long without Mrs. Ladybug to inquire how and why and when and where. And then, then a rumor flashed from lip to lip all the way across the garden and the orchard and the meadow. Mrs. Ladybug is back again. She didn't stay in the farmhouse a week. And sure enough, the rumor proved to be true. Mrs. Ladybug appeared in her old haunts among the apple trees. She acted as if something had happened to upset her. And though she seemed glad to be greeted by all her old companions, she didn't want them to ask her a single question as to why she hadn't spent the whole winter, instead of only a few days of the early fall, in Farmer Green's house. If she thought her neighbors weren't going to ask the question, she was sadly mistaken. Only a little while before they had asked her a thousand and one questions about where she was going to live during the winter. And now, they were all just as curious to know why she had returned. But this time they asked her a thousand and two questions. You couldn't say that her answers weren't satisfying because she didn't make any answers at all. Of course, things couldn't go on like that forever. People had to know what had changed Mrs. Ladybug's plans. And in order to persuade the stubborn lady to explain matters, a few of her friends hinted that they expected they would have to go to Farmer Green himself and learn the truth. You may ask him if you wish, Mrs. Ladybug told them, but it won't do you any good. He can't tell you what happened because he doesn't know himself. Maybe the farmhouse was cold. Chirpy Cricket suggested. Mrs. Ladybug made no comment on that remark. Perhaps the roof leaked, said Daddy Longlegs. Still no sign from Mrs. Ladybug. She found that the farmhouse wasn't windproof, said Daddy Longlegs' wife. And Mrs. Ladybug didn't deny it, nor did she say that that was so. Then Buster Bumblebee made one of his blundering speeches. It was a short winter anyhow, he said. Mrs. Ladybug's neighbors couldn't help giggling, and somehow their amusement stung her into telling the truth about the whole affair right then and there. Mrs. Green and I didn't get along well together, she confessed. Mrs. Ladybug spoke at last. 
Her listeners crowded close around her, jostling one another in their eagerness to hear every word she said. For Mrs. Ladybug was recounting her adventures at the farmhouse. I flew in through an open window, Mrs. Ladybug began, and she heaved a deep sigh as if the telling of the tale was painful. I said nothing to anybody, she explained, because I didn't wish to trouble the family. I knew I could find my way about the house after a little, and it wasn't long before I had discovered the stairway. I didn't walk on the stairs for fear that there might be mud on my feet, said Mrs. Ladybug. I didn't walk, but flew up to the second floor and went into the first room I saw. There was a fine, big closet off that room. The door leading into it was ajar, so I had no trouble slipping inside it. And there, high up on the broad shelf, I picked out the very spot where I would have spent the winter with every comfort in the world. At this point, Mrs. Ladybug was overcome by her feelings for a few moments but the company waited politely until she could go on with her story. She soon continued. All went well, said Mrs. Ladybug. All went well until one day, this morning to be exact, Mrs. Green opened the closet door and began to brush and sweep and wipe and dust. I heard her say that she was doing her fall cleaning, and of course that pleased me, for I was glad to learn that she was a neat housekeeper. And then, here Mrs. Ladybug's voice broke slightly, and then, the first thing I knew, she spied me and cried, Ah, a carpet bug! The next instant, she whisked me off the shelf with a brush. Of course, I rolled over, feet in the air, the moment she touched me, and I fell into a dustpan, and never so much as wriggled a toe. Soon afterward, Mrs. Green set the dustpan beside the window which she had already opened. That was my chance. I seized it, I flew out the window, and here I am. Mrs. Ladybug's listeners shook their head in sympathy. You had a narrow escape, they told her. It's a wonder you got away. Yes, said Mrs. Ladybug, and I'm glad now that that window was open. But for a moment, I didn't much care what became of me. To think that anybody should mistake me for a carpet bug. Mrs. Green ought to know that the carpet bug family is covered with black, white, and red scales. Ugh! Mrs. Ladybug shuddered. She was smooth and shiny herself so it wasn't strange that she should feel insulted. Anyway, she added, Mrs. Green is the one who loses. Towards spring, I would have kept her house plants free from insects, but now, of course, she'll have to do that herself. Well, said the neighbors, we're glad to see you again. And now tell us, where do you expect to spend the winter? I will let you decide that. Mrs. Ladybug replied. And that is the end of our story. Good night. Sleep tight.